church. Hope you're all doing well today. Uh, if you wouldn't, you're welcome to stand up and join me as we uh, begin worship. Dear Lord, I thank you for the day that you provided for us, for the clear skies and sunlight. I thank you for all the people that have made it here, gathering together to glorify your name. I pray that you would be lifted up and that we would be touched in this service. In your name.
Praise you, Lord. Amen. Church, how's everybody today? The sun's out. 50 this week. How about that? Uh, just a few announcements before we get going. Um, good morning to everybody. Good morning if you're visiting us online. Uh, my name is Mike. Uh, if you don't know me, I have the pleasure of serving with the worship team every once in a while. Um, where's the other? Uh, it is a little crowded. So just a, a reminder, uh, your jackets and stuff, it, uh, you, know, you can always hang them on the hooks in the connection room or uh, bags. If you have bags, you can slip them under the, the seat in front of you. That way we make more room for everybody. So just an FYI. Uh, just some quick uh, announcements here. Wednesday night, Recharge here at Pathway. Uh, some exciting things are happening. Um, uh, again, Recharge, 6.30 to 8. Uh, come join us for worship and prayer. If 2022, what does that mean? If 2022 what? I don't know. It doesn't say. It says, if 2022. Uh, this is the women's conference that's coming up uh, this week, actually. Uh, this Friday and Saturday, the 4th and 5th of March, there is a flyer in your bulletin if you're interested, so you can get more information there. Uh, if you're online uh, and you're interested in the Women's Conference, um, you can let the church office know if you'd like to attend, and they can help you sign up there. Also, Iron Sharpens Iron, the men's conference that's coming up, that's going to be Saturday, March 12th in Orland Park. It runs from 8.30 to 4.00. Today is the last day to register uh, to get the early discount, early registration discount. So if you, if you are thinking about going, uh, you can still get a discount on the, on the cost, but today's the last day uh, to do that. You can make checks payable to Pathway or pay through uh, the website. Uh, there's a clipboard out on the table uh, in the foyer area next to the children's check-in kiosk. Or uh, Pastor uh, Rick, out there, I think he's at the door. You can you can see Pastor Rick, and he can uh, also help you with registration. Um, there is an insert in the bulletin uh, for the men's conference too, if you'd like more information on that. All right, giving. Um, let's see. You can give uh, by texting any dollar amount to eight four three two one, or scan the uh, QR code in the bulletin. Checks can be put in the offering box in the connection room. Uh, if you're online, there should be a link up in the corner there that you can click on to give also. And from what I was told, um, it's the cool kids that actually give on give by texting. So if you're texting, you're one of the cool kids today. That's what I hear. Uh, do we have any visitors? First-time visitors? No first-time visitors. Um, if you're visiting us online, we are really glad you're doing that. Uh, we love visitors, first, especially if you're a first-timer, and so, but sadly, we don't have any today, maybe next week. Um, so with that, I guess we continue our worship. If you're willing and able to stand up again as we continue worship, I'm going to read a passage out of Philippians. There's a whole lot going on in the world this week. I don't know if anybody hears about that. As I was thinking about this morning um, and worshiping today, uh, I, I think 
we serve a really big God. Um, and a point that was made a while ago in a sermon about how people study, uh, people who work at banks, instead of studying counterfeit currency, they spend an awful lot of time studying true currency so they can know when something's not true. Um, I want to focus on that today. I want to focus on our God and how great he is and the truths that are told to us about him through scripture. Um, Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen, in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you.
Christ Jesus crucified Salvation through repentance At the cross on which he died Now here's my absolution Forgiveness Stand a new creation, baptized in blood and fire. No fear of condemnation, by faith I'm justified. Now in him, and now in 
think I share this every time I've uh, done this song, but this one wrecks me. It's simple, it's kind of repetitive, which I normally don't like, but the truth of it absolutely devastates me. Presence is all I am longing for. Here in the secret place, and nearness is all I am waiting for. Here in the quiet place. So waits for you alone, just like the watchmen wait for dawn. And here I finally found a place where we'll meet, Lord, face to. I finally found where I belong It's to be with you, to be with you I finally found where I belong here I finally found where I belong In your presence I finally found where I belong It's to be with you Your presence is all So waits for you alone. Just like the watchmen wait for dawn. And here I finally found a place where we'll meet Lord face to. I 
morning, Pastor. Well, we see we have a couple other visitors here we didn't mention. Charity, Pastor Stephen. <laughs> we missed you. We missed you. Glad to see you, brother. Um, we're going to pray in a minute to let the kids go, but I just want to remember what's going on in, uh, you know, Ukraine. All right? We don't want to forget to just you know, really what's on my heart is I don't pretend to know what's going on over there between Russia and Ukraine and what they're after, what they're trying to accomplish. But there's one thing I do know is that I'm concerned about where every person who dies goes. And that's on both sides. I mean, I don't, some of those Russian soldiers, I don't, I don't, they may not even want to be there. I don't know. I really don't, don't pretend to know. So I just want to take a minute to pray for that whole situation. If we can come in agreement, and God, we pray that your will would be done and that many would come to you through this. That's our heart's desire, Lord God. On both sides, innocent people who may be killed and murdered, that maybe their families may be destroyed in this war. But God, I pray that many would come to you pray that you would use this to build your kingdom, that you would be glorified. We don't understand it, God. We don't understand what good could come from a war. We don't understand how you can be glorified, but we're praying that you would. We pray that you'd be glorified and many would be saved. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen? You can agree with that this morning? Amen. Thank you, Glorified. Well, if you have, if you have kids, as we say, gently, lovingly, place your hands on them and if you don't, just reach out. Let's just pray for the kids right now as we send them off to ministry. What an amazing opportunity, Lord God. We thank you for the opportunity that not only can we pour into the kids your truth, but they can be used. <laughs> they can be used to pour out to us and to their family members. I pray that you would teach them your truth today and they would go out and touch other people, Lord God. This is our heart's desire, Lord God. Pray that you would bless this time, that you would be there, and again, your will be done in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Kids are dismissed. Check in. Make sure you check in. And welcome, Pastor Stephen. Hey, strangers. Human. 
bring in a little bit here. I still have a voice. All right? I, uh, I'm thankful that I, I have regained my taste and my smell. But as I say that and was thinking about that this morning, if that's the biggest thing that I have to complain about my bout with COVID, praise be to God. Um, if the biggest thing that I have to complain about is that I had to park a little bit further away from the grocery store, praise be to God, that I have a car to park at a grocery store that is open, that I have a bed to sleep in and I'm not hunkered down in the underground, but praise be to God. Even in the midst of the chaos in Ukraine, the testimonies we've been seeing and hearing of people crying out to God, gathering with thousands of other believers, worshiping him passionately, being drawn towards him in the midst of chaos. That is what today's message is about. But out of uh, an overflow, I share this just to start with because I've been, I've been held back for a couple of weeks and I've got too many sermons built up that I want to share, <laughs> that I need to get out. And which one will come first? The one that you need to hear. For those of you who thought about not coming today for one reason or the other, or others who knew that you had to be here, God has a word for you today. And God said, is the title of this message. And if you'll pull out your bulletins with me and have a look at it. And God said. Oh, that's why this is crooked and, and wobbly. The foot's over here. And God said, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word what you've spoken. I want to praise you for your word and I want to praise you for your presence. I want to praise you for all that you do and I want to praise you for all that you don't do. Father God, we trust you. We lean into you this morning. We worship you. Open our eyes to see. Open our hearts to receive. Give us courage to apply your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? So as you read this title, many of you, and I, I tested this a few times for, to see how you would respond or what thoughts come to mind when someone says, and God said, and you want to fill in the blank. How many of you, when I say, and God said, wanted to fill in, let there be light? Yeah, anyone else? You said that. How many did? And God said, "Go into the world and preach the gospel." Anyone have that one? Hmm? God said, "It is good." You like that one? You know when He created everything, He said, "It is good," except for when He created man. And he said, it, "It's not good that this one be left alone." 
You know, you watch the videos of why men die, you know, quicker than women, you know. Right? It's not good. This one needs a helper. He needs a woman. But that's not what this message is about. The message, the dot, 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 is not fill in the blanks. The dot, dot, dot is what happens when God says nothing. Some of us, it's very easy for us to praise God when he says yes or let there be light and creation and miracles and everything happens in an instant because God said let it be. But what do we do when we're expecting God to speak and the response that comes back is not what we were expecting? Some of us, depending on what type of cell phone you have, when you're getting a text message from someone, but they've not completed the message, all we see is dot, 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 and we know they're typing something, and we're waiting to see what they say. Anyone have a phone that does that? What do you do when the dot, dot, dot goes away, and they don't send anything? And you're left thinking... They were thinking something. They were, what were you going to say? But now you've decided it's not worth saying to me. See, prayer is an amazing thing. Utterly profound. Prayer. Us, creatures, created things, being able to pierce heaven with our mere words. Prayer is amazing until it's not. Prayer is amazing until... We pray for something and it goes unanswered. When we ask and we don't receive, we seek and we don't find, sometimes we'll knock. And that's what we wish we could hear. (laughs) Who is it? We knock, yet it seems that the doors are barred. And a lot of this concept, this trouble, comes from bad understanding or bad teaching where an entire theology is built off of perhaps one or two verses. And because of this bad teaching or bad understanding, many, I believe, have turned away. Here's a couple of verses which many like to quote, but perhaps don't fully understand or grasp the full ramifications. Mark eleven twenty four tells us, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe and you will have received it and it will be yours. Great verse to hold on to. And we should. Or Matthew 21, 22. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And we cling hold to these verses with prayer and we're left devastated when we do ask, but don't receive. And I won't ask for a show of hands because I believe every single one of us in this room knows what it's like to pray for something and not receive. And we're still waiting. We have to remember that our faith-filled requests do not supersede the sovereignty of God. That he is God. He is in control. He is good, and he does good, and he gives good. But would it be loving of a God to give undercooked chicken? Would it be a loving God 
to give you something even though it looked good and smelled good if it wasn't done, if it wasn't finished, if it wasn't ready. I like barbecue and I like low and slow. I like it to be done the right time, not necessarily the quick time. All off the bone, it smells good, it looks good, but it's always better when it comes to you at the right time and not before it's due time. See, if God was bound to answer all of our prayers at our whim, he would no longer cease to be God. We would be God's dictating to him his actions. Remember, God is not some blue genie in a lamp that you can rub to make happen whatever you wish, whenever you want. So what do we do then when God says no? Or what do we do when God says stop, stop, stop? God didn't heal my baby. God didn't save my marriage. God didn't give me the job that I asked for. And an immature or incorrect faith can lead to an excuse to abandon him altogether. See, our view of God, a good God, is completely obliterated when God does not perform for us. And I hate to, well, I don't hate to, I love to burst your bubble today to shatter that tiny box that you've put God into and let you know that God has a bigger plan than you can imagine. What you see is devastation in the world, devastation in America, devastation in Ukraine. God has such a bigger plan. We have it in a wonderful visual illustration in this church building. Oh no, the raptors are falling in. God has such a huge plan. And I want it to be done today. I want it to be done yesterday. I want it to be done two months ago. And it seems to be taking longer than I hoped for. But praise be to God how little we are actually going to have to pay for the repairs. For those of you who don't know, the reason we're over here and not over there, it was discovered that 17 of our 21 rafters have issues to where they cannot be repaired, but they must be replaced. And when that covering is removed, everything underneath it is going to be damaged to the point we're basically getting an entirely new sanctuary. Praise God. But I'd rather it be done with his timing than my timing. It's devastating, but it didn't fall in on us. Praise be to God. If you think things are bad, praise be to God. So what, what, we seem to have this understanding that our faith grows when God does great things. I believe that our faith grows even more when he leaves us in the dot, dot, dot. Trusting him even when he says no. Trusting him when he says nothing at all because really he just wants us to wait on him. Wait on the Lord and that is how you shall renew your strength. What's the bigger test? What's the bigger stretching of your faith? When he gives you the new job or when you don't have a job? When do you need to trust him more? The trust grows more when you have to trust him. Do you trust him more 
when you see the healing? Or do you have to trust him more when you close a casket? Do you trust him more when you close the new deal? Or you trust him more when you have to close the door on your company? There are times when God says no. There are times when God does not answer the prayer that you think needs to be answered your way. Here's some verses to prove it. Proverbs 1, 28. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will earnestly seek me, but will not find me. Psalms 22, 2. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, I find no rest. Hebrews 11 is where we find the hall of faith, not the hall of fame, the hall of faith. And it lists off many different characters from the Bible, starting off with Abel, who offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. And by faith, he was commended as righteousness when God approved his gifts. Let me tell you something. His gift was approved, and he died for it. He did what was right, and it cost him his life. And then at the end of the chapter, in verse 39, it, it goes on to say, These were all commended for their faith, yet they did not receive what was promised. And even Jesus says in John 20, 29, Jesus told them, Because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen, yet believe. An even greater blessing for those who will believe him, even if they don't receive something from him. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says dot, dot, dot. And there are reasons for the dot, dot, dot. And there is a certain way we should respond to the dot, dot, dot. So I'm going to try and get through some characters in the Bible where God said no. And the reasons for God saying dot, 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 and how we should respond. Abraham was a very special man. God chose him above all other people he could have chosen to receive his covenant. And even Abraham asked for God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah, yet God sent fire from heaven and destroyed the city in spite of his prayer. David King David, a man who we know is a man after God's own heart, while he wasn't perfect, he had God's ear. But David, King David pleaded with the Lord for the life of his unborn child in Bathsheba. Now, the coming about of how she became pregnant and how he got Bathsheba is one, one thing. But in the midst of it, he pleaded. We see in 2 Samuel 12, 16, David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted. He didn't just pray. This was a serious prayer. He fasted and spent nights lying in sackcloth on the ground. And two verses later, we see that actually seven days later, the child died. Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus, died. 
The Gospel of John tells us the story of Jesus' friend Lazarus. Lazarus, Mary and Martha reached out to Jesus when, they, when Jesus found out that Lazarus was ill, they had called for him to come quickly. They said, come quickly. See, they, they knew Jesus' reputation. They'd spent enough time with him to know he is capable of healing Lazarus. And in fact, he doesn't even really need to come. All we know, we know he just needs to say it. Send the messenger back. Send me my message. I'm going to text God, God, okay. I need healing. Dot, dot, dot. Knowing he could feel heal from afar, yet Jesus' response, no, I'm not going to heal him from afar, and in fact, I'm not even going to come to you quickly. In fact, I'm going to wait a little bit longer. He stayed where he was, and before Jesus had arrived in Bethany, Lazarus was already dead. In fact, John eleven sixteen, it affected other people around him, even Thomas, the disciple who was called the twin, it says, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Have you ever had a loss so devastating that you just wanted to die also? To have a lost loved one. And you're like, well, there's no point in me living anymore. That we're so devastated and shocked by the events that are going on around us that we feel at the end of our rope and when we cry out to Jesus just to make matters worse, the response we hear is silence. And we interpret the silence as neglect. We interpret the silence as deafness. We interpret the silence that God doesn't care. God isn't good. He doesn't want to help me. He must not be a good God, or maybe he's not God at all. Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians 12. We discover Paul is plagued by what he calls the thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan sent to torment him. This is Paul, the, the, the guy that wrote a large portion of this. Well, he didn't write it. He just received it and put it down communicated God's word, who knew God's word. God's word worked through him and saw miracles for everyone else, yet God wouldn't answer his own prayer for his thorn. Isn't it amazing how we've got answers for everybody else? I, I, you got a problem? Hey, I bet I can come up with a solution for you. But the moment we have our own problems, we, we don't know what to do. We can't seem to fix our problems, but I, I, you got a problem, buddy? I, got, I, I, know, I know exactly what you're doing wrong. <laughs> I mean, he prayed over cloths and took it to other people and was healed. You like, just pray for those cloths and put it on yourself, Paul. It says he pleaded. He prayed three times, Lord, take this away from me. And if he wouldn't do it for Paul, do you think he's going to answer all of your prayers? Or, and you, we have a right to hold it against him if he doesn't? Paul? Not good enough example for you? What about Jesus himself? Three times. 
Paul pleaded three times. Jesus pleaded three times. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, let this cup pass from me. It's so, so intense that he sweat blood from his brow, which is an actual medical condition to be under so much duress that you can literally sweat blood. That's some intense suffering. So there are reasons sometimes for the dot, dot, dot. There's many different reasons why some prayers don't get answered. And I don't pretend that this is a, well, do this checklist. If you've done all these, then, then your prayers will get answered. However, sometimes there are things that we are in control of that do stop our prayers from being answered. But even if they don't, after doing all these things, we still have to trust God. Here's some of them. Psalms 66, 18. If I had not confessed the sin of my heart, my Lord would not have listened. Our confession of our sin, according to Psalms, can stop God from even listening. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. This tells me that there's some people who think they're in that are not in for one reason or another. I think I wrote down this, this verse. Um, oh, it's a different translation. Back to Psalm 66, 18. Another translation says, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Not just confess the sin in my heart. There's something about confessing your sin, but there's something else about cherishing sin. Some of us hold on to the sin. In fact, we enjoy it a little bit more than we should. And we come up with a lot of different reasons why it's okay for me. And we cherish it. Proverbs 28, 9. One turns away his ear from hearing God's law, even his, if, sorry, if one turns away his ear from hearing God's law, even his prayers are an abomination. 1 Peter 3, 7. Oh, ladies, you're going to love this one. Ready? You're going to want to write this one down. I'm serious. Send, send this to yourself in a text. 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Show honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Don't get upset with that. Get, get ready for this. Since they are heirs with you of the grace so that your prayers may not be hindered. Men, some of your prayers aren't working because you're not treating your wives right. That's what this says. L live your lives in an understanding way. Show honor to the woman so that your prayers would not be hindered. <laughs> Charity's like, mm, I'm going to use that one. <laughs> it goes without, it, it, it's not expressly uh, put in here, but I think it goes without saying that this goes both ways. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> what this is saying, husbands, don't be a knucklehead. I, I was sure I was going to hear some more amens than that. <laughs> Proverbs 21, 13, whoever closes his ears to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. The way we interact with other people affects the effectiveness of our prayers. 
Bible says, ask in my name and you will receive. And the Bible tells us God is not man. He should not lie. And, and our entire theology is built on that and crushed when we don't get what we want. Ask in my name. One of my favorite stories in all, all scripture. I don't know why. I just love this story. And it's weird, maybe. But one of my favorite stories is the, the story of the seven sons of Sceva. Anyone ever heard the seven sons of Sceva? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, those of you who are like, I don't know what this is. I really love this one. Acts chapter 19. Acts 19. Um, I'm just going to read it. 13 through 16. Then some of the... Uh, Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke in the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you in the Jesus of whom Paul proclaims. So these Jewish exorcists decided they were going to start trying to cast out demons in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Because they were going to take basically this Ask for it in the name of Jesus. I don't know who Jesus is, but Paul does it in the name of Jesus, so we're going to try and copy what he does. So in the name of the dude that he knows. So the seven sons of the Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, Paul I recognize, but who are you? the heck are you and the man in whom the evil spirit was in leaped on them it says mastered them all mastered them right <laughs> i'm your master you just you know whatever that means <laughs> look it up uh, of them and overpowered them so much that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So whatever mastering someone did was they basically left with barely their life, but they couldn't even take anything with them, not even their robes. So it's kind of important that you know the dude and not just say, hey, I'm a friend of the friend, or I don't even a friend, I just know them in my name. When you ask for something, is what you're asking for in his name, and are you in his name? Some other things to consider, reasons for a dot, dot, dot. We need to, to accept God's authority and check our pride and remember that God has no obligation to give us an answer for anything. He is God. He doesn't owe it to you to inform you of what he's about to do. He doesn't owe it to us just to let you know or to keep us in the loop. I mean, all of us love to be in the know. Knowledge is power. He's the one who is all-powerful, and we simply need to trust that his ways are not our ways, and his timing is not our timing. After all, he's not even in time. He's before time. He's, he created time. We can ask for something, and it could have already been done. We just haven't arrived at that point in time yet because he already did it. He created it. He set it in motion. His purposes are greater than our purposes. And, for example, again, we look at everything that's going on in Ukraine right now. 
and we can be devastated by it or be blown away by the number of Ukrainians who are right now crying out to him, who maybe had not passionately seeked and sought after him, that now have gone underground. And just yesterday, we saw some videos of thousands of Ukrainians lifting their voice a cappella together, praising God in the midst of the chaos that we see around us. The hundreds of thousands of refugees flooding across the borders into countries around them where churches of God are accepting them, welcoming them, and are having an opportunity to show them God's love. In the midst of, yes, tens of thousands already have lost their lives, how many thousands have gained eternal life? Praise be to God. And over here, we're upset when we don't get a good parking space. There's many things that we've gotten upset over and argued over over the last few years. I can't taste my food. But I am so thankful. If they can be, not thankful, but if they can worship God and trust God with everything they're going through, who are we? that we can't do the same. If Abraham and David and Paul and Jesus continue to worship as a response to the God taught them. So look at, let's look at some of their responses. Let's take David, for example. There is a reason he, he was not following what God wanted him to do. And he, he, the baby was lost, but the reason for the loss is not quite as important as the response to the loss. And what, we, what can we learn from what David does here is that he accepted what God had done was good. He repented. And in verse Second uh, Samuel 12, 20, it says, he went to the house of the Lord and worshiped. His response to losing his baby that he thought he wanted, thought he was supposed to have, Right, wrong, indifferent didn't matter at that point. His response was, I'm going to go and worship the Lord. I'm going to repent for what I've done, and I'm going to worship the Lord. Easy to worship him in the good times, but God wants us to worship him even in the dot, dot, dot. Paul's response after pleading three times, it says, that he came to realize that God's grace was sufficient. In fact, even says in else other parts of the, the, the book that Paul says, therefore I glory in tribulation. I glory in tribulation. James says, I consider it a pure joy when I face trials. Here's a verse for you also to write down. This is one to pull out when things get really dark. Deuteronomy 33, 25. says, as your days are, so shall your strength be. As your days are, so shall your strength be. Whatever you are facing, God already has counted your days. He knows the number of your days. He knows the number of hairs 
or the lack thereof on your head. Whatever you are going to face, he already knows. And his strength is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for whatever you will face. His strength, not your strength, is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. You see, Paul went from being overwhelmed with this thorn in his flesh because he went and he pleaded. He pleaded. You've been overwhelmed by something and you're pleading with God for an answer. And he went from being overwhelmed to being overruled when God said no. God left him with a dot, dot, dot. And yet, after being overwhelmed and overruled, he still found a way to be overjoyed. 2 Corinthians 12, 10 is where he picks it up and he says, For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. How many of you could say, in the midst of our current state of weakness, the insults, hardships, our definition of persecution and calamities, to say, as Paul did, I'm content because when I am weak, I'm strong. Mary and Martha did not realize the greater need. John 11 is where the entire story is, but Lazarus is dead, verse 15. John eleven fifteen. 15, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, Jesus says, I am glad I was not there. In fact, I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad I wasn't there. Why? Why would you say such a thing, Jesus? So that you may believe. You've gone through this loss so that you may believe. I don't understand, God. What do you mean by that? He says, let us go to him. By saying no to Mary and Martha, Jesus set off a chain of events that would lead ultimately to the cross. You see, Jesus' delay for you is to lead us to the cross. It's for us to trust him even more. But literally in their life, what took place was his delay to arrive meant that the body would have time to decay enough that the stench of death would be given off and they would have to seal the tomb to confirm Lazarus wasn't just sleeping or in a coma. His body gave off of an odor to prove he was truly dead as a sign to all that were there. This was important because the miracle of raising the... And word of this miracle got back to the chief priests. And when they heard it, they said... Well, it's expedient. Then if someone's dead, someone has to be dead. Someone has to die. And if he raised Lazarus, then he needs to die. Because this is ultimate blasphemy. If he's doing what God can do, he's saying he's God. Well, he can't be God. So that's when they made plans to kill him was because of this miracle that confirmed who he really was. Had he gone early, had he answered their prayers early, They would have said, oh, it's just another cool miracle just like the others. But there was something special about this one. His delay led to the cross. They did not realize that there was a greater need. 
And we don't realize the greater need. Sometimes our temporary pain is what leads to the salvation of their soul. They didn't realize that more than a need of a healer, they needed a savior. More than a cure, you need the cross. More than restoration, you need a resurrection. More than fixing things, God wants to simply give you new things. Old things must pass away for all things to become new. I'm going to try and close this service today, and we will open this altar to you again. There's not space, but I want to make space. I want, we need to. We must make room for those just like Thomas said, well, let us just go and die as well with him. Because there may be some here who are overwhelmed and feel overruled. You feel at the end of your rope and secretly wonder, where is God? Don't you hear me screaming? Don't you know I'm tired? I don't know what to do. Can't you hear me? Read through Habakkuk chapter 1 when you get home and you'll see people that are devastated. A prophet who's, God, you're letting this violence go on all around us and you don't even answer. He may not move the mountains for you because his grace is the strength enough to give you the strength to climb over it. Why? Because the mountaintop testimony is greater. The mountaintop testimony he wants to give you is greater than simply removing the mountain. He died for you on a mountaintop. He didn't remove the Mount of Golgotha. He died on the mountaintop for a mountaintop testimony because his grace is sufficient. His grace is more than enough. His grace is everything. We are saved by grace through faith. Faith, faith is n not about what he can give you. Faith is about what he can take you through. Because his grace is sufficient. Have any of the elders join me here at the front? Um, and we are going to spend some time waiting on the Lord. We're going to spend some time being available to believe with you in the dot, 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 dot. And if you have any need where you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you need someone to believe with you, have faith with you or if you feel that some of these reasons that have been holding your prayers back that you know there's some things that I need to take care of then then myself and the elders we're here we want to, we're available to pray with you be with you and uh, trust in God amen if you bow your heads and we'll pray Lord we we put our trust in you. We put 
our trust in you. We worship you, Father, in the good times and in the bad, because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you love us just the same. Your love is not de dependent upon the things we get from you. But right now, for our family members that we are believing for, and we haven't heard anything but dot, 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 for the miracles in our bodies, and we haven't heard anything but dot, 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 Father, for those that are lost that we're believing for, for healings we're believing for and have not yet received, Father, we trust you. We lean into you. We worship you in the good times. We worship you when we get a no. We worship you. And we thank you that your plans are greater than our plans. Thank you for amazing miracles bigger than we can imagine. And ultimately, we thank you for your grace, which is sufficient, and that everything we experience here on this earth is nothing and pales in comparison to the glory and the hope we have in Christ Jesus and the promises you have for us. If you need prayer, we So waits for you just like the
different needs and some of you don't really want to share them some of the reality is we don't really even know what Paul's thorn in his flesh was some assume it was something to do with his eyesight some say he may have had epilepsy a lot of different things and I want you to know you don't have to necessarily tell everyone 
exactly what you're going through to have someone come and believe and pray with you. Um, speak to somebody. Get them to come in agreement with you. I feel right now led to take some time to pray for some a, a specific people group here. And I believe that there's at least one or two people in this congregation that, that fall into this category. And I'm going to ask for you to be bold if you fall into this category and to, to join us at the front. I'd love for the elders to pray with you. And that's how the business owners here. If you own your own business or are starting a business, I want to pray and believe that God would bless your ministry. Your business is a ministry. You have the opportunity to reach people that I don't get to reach and take you in places in the world that, that this building is a building. The body of Christ is so much bigger, but you're, you're a missionary to the business world and to people that invite you into their homes or into their offices, and God can use you there. Right now, with the way the world is, businesses come and businesses go. Businesses start and close down. Restaurants try and open in less than a year. They've shut down here in the area. So the fact that you're still here, your business is still open, God is working on your behalf. And you may be right now filled with fear, anxiety, not sure what's going to happen next in the world. Hopefully you don't have a Russian bank and your assets are frozen, but I want to pray and believe that God will bring good things to your ministry. So if you're a business owner, you're in the other room, you're in this room, if you would mind joining us at the front, um, I'd love to pray for you and be bold with this. I mean, I don't want people to know I run a business, but you know, be bold. Um, I want to pray and believe with you at the elders. This man is speaking. Good. <laughs> Anyone else? That's right. Don't despise the small beginnings. This girl is a business owner.
pray for another group. Those of you who have family members that you've been praying and believing for, for far too long by our definitions. Children, spouses, cousins, parents, siblings that don't know the Lord yet. waiting on the dot, dot, dot. Come and join us. We want to pray with you. convinced that pretty much everyone in this building has people they're believing for to know Christ, me included. I have siblings that don't currently walk with God, and it breaks my heart. I know a lot of you just don't feel like you have the boldness to come up front to pray, or maybe that there's not enough space, but how about you stand up for those people that you're believing for? How about you stand in that place and you say, God, I lift those people up to you. I know that you love them more than I do, Lord. And Lord, today I pray that you grab a hold of my sister's hearts, my brother's hearts, my my grandfather's hearts, all those people that we're believing for, Lord. I pray that you grab a hold of their hearts and you shake them, that you appear to them in dreams, that you appear to them through other people because they no longer listen to our words. And Lord, I pray that you create opportunities for them to seek your face. Whatever it takes, Lord, that they will not leave this earth without saying yes to you. Thank you, Jesus. We cry out for the salvation of our family members, that they will not leave this earth without calling on the name of Jesus Christ as their savior. We believe it, Lord, and I pray if there's anything inside of us that is hindering them from receiving you, I pray that you make it clear to us so that we will not be a stumbling block to our relatives and to our friends. Praise you, Jesus. Do a miracle in our family's lives. I pray, Lord, that you give us boldness to speak up about you to be bold, to pray for our families in our gatherings, to not be judgmental, but loving. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we dedicate them to you. Why don't you say their names out loud? Lord, 
I dedicate and then say their names to you, Lord. Lord, I dedicate Melissa to you. Lord, I dedicate Starlet to you. Lord, I dedicate my grandfather, George, to you. Do what you have to do. We call them unto you. Here's a whole bunch of people didn't come forward for prayer. I know that we can all use prayer, every one of us. And you know, uh, the most important thing is that we continue to keep our eyes on the source of our faith, Jesus, his sacrifice for us, what he did for us. Um, I was reading Mark 13 this morning. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Gee, imagine that. But then he says, but don't lose heart. Don't be afraid. Bad things are going to happen. Sometimes we're going to pray for something to happen. Sometimes we're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Some of you who are younger than I am have no idea how short 40 years is. 
When Moses had died, the Lord appeared to Joshua and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Then he told him, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Because you're about ready to go in and take the land. Get all the people together and let them know it's time. Every place you walk will be yours. You will win. Dot, dot, dot. And he goes on in the next 10 verses or so, he goes on in the next nine verses, he goes on three more times. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. There be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and all kinds of catastrophes. And they'll persecute you personally. But don't be afraid. You'll have troubles in this world. But I've overcome the world. So don't be afraid. He's the reason we're here. He's the reason that we have hope. He's the reason that we can continue to live and serve him and do good during the dot, dot, dot. It's not a matter of believing harder or wanting it more or saying the right words in the right order as if Jesus is some kind of vending machine and we push the button and get what we want. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Follow him no matter what. 40 years is nothing compared to forever with him. Lord, I thank you for this body of believers that you've gathered together here. I thank you for every life, every family that's represented for those family members that are not believers, I ask that you would reveal yourself to them in ways that would bring them to you and that the rest of us would continue to have hope, not just for some future time and eternity, but hope that you are going to answer our prayers. that you are still with us, that you're beside us, you're leading us, you're caring for us, and you're reminding us 
that you're here with every one of us. Give us courage. Give us strength. Take away our fears. Help us to follow you when we aren't hearing the answer we want. Knowing that you still sit on the throne, that you are in charge, and that you have a plan for our lives that is only good. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.